Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is hard to imagine that Kyrie Irving is going to make any changes for himself, but when is it going to change for New York? We hear from the mayor in just moments on that. Chris Garland, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're filling in for Greeny today. Thrilled to have you with us at 888-729-3776. It's been a jam-packed show and so much more NBA to get into this hour, including Zion Williamson actually showing signs of life. And what is the end game for LeBron and the Lakers? Brian Windhorst is going to join us in 30 minutes to lay out what that scenario is. But, Courtney, uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, spoke up yesterday as he continues to get criticized for the mandate that continues in New York among private businesses that prevents Kyrie Irving from playing and in very short order could uh, prevent Major League Baseball players from the Mets and Yankees uh, from playing as well. Let's hear from the mayor with his statement yesterday on where this mandate is and when it could potentially change. Right now, we're going to take some complaints. But when this is all said and done, people are going to realize this is a thoughtful administration and we got it right. And so baseball, basketball, um, businesses, all of those things, they have to wait until that layer come. And right now we're announcing just our two to four year olds. He does not sound like a man that is going to be pressured into changing his mind just so the Nets can chase a championship because Kevin Durant spoke up. It would be such a terrible look considering the New York City workers who, you know, lost their jobs or like are no longer employed because of this mandate that if you were all of a sudden change it for what people are going to automatically assume is the Nets and the Mets and the Yankees and the revenue that comes to those teams from having all of their players available to play and having fielding good teams. I mean, you're not going to change this to, for the Nets to go chase a championship with Kyrie because regardless, like Kevin Durant said the other day, it's almost April. He's not getting the shot. So I don't think that changing anyone's mind here is going to happen. But the thing that I just can't wrap my head around is that baseball is an outdoor sport. And I know this is a private sector rule, but why is it not different? for a team like the Mets and the Yankees that play outdoors where we've talked about, you know, for two years now, social distancing and that the virus does not spread as easily when you're outdoors in a well-ventilated area. Like, I almost think that if they want to leave the Nets alone and leave an indoor arena as kind of like its own separate thing and think about like outdoor venues, that that's probably, that should take precedent almost at this point if there were to be any changes to the, COVID protocols. Well, this is the thing. You're talking about common sense, and none of this is common sense. None of this makes any sense anymore with with how this plays out. I just don't get um, why the mandate is still in place, but it is. And we don't just get to ignore laws that we don't like. But here's, here's the one thing, Courtney. Where this could change is if the NBA actually stepped in and said, Okay, you can go play. And what I mean by that is this. The rule in New York is if you do this, if you violate this mandate, you're going to get fined $5,000, I believe it is, for the first incident. And then it caps out, I think, at every other incident at $10,000. So there was a thought for a little while, well, you know, the Nets could just pay the fine. And they let paid him go a $50,000 fine for him to be in the locker room after a game. Exactly. 
but the league stepped in and said, look, that's not going to happen. We're not going to allow that to happen when we have that private mandate. We have to respect that. And so you can't just go and, and play somebody that way. Is the league going to change their minds here? Like, I could see as we get to toward the postseason, does the league want to see a Brooklyn Nets team that does not have Kyrie Irving on the floor where they are? And I know it is borderline conspiracy theory, but I think the league could step in and say, at this point, with everything that's gone on, it has gotten utterly ridiculous And even we are not going to pay attention to this anymore. Nets, go pay the fines if you want. Well, but that that doesn't count for Canada, though. And they're in the play tournament right now. They're the eighth seed. I don't know what the specific laws there are now either. Yeah. Like, I know he won't be able to play in home games. He also won't be able to play in Canada games. So unless you're, like, trying to get Canada to change its rule, like, what's the point? Because you'd only be having him available for half of these games and then – what if they don't get out of the first of out of the play-in tournament? All yeah. of that's going to be for nothing, and it just looks like a really terrible about face that you made for one player and one player only. And honestly, some favoritism. I think that you're going to hear some people not so quietly talking about, "Hey, the league's trying to help the Brooklyn Nets. They're favoriting one team, favoriting their ratings, trying to get Kyrie back onto the floor during games he wasn't allowed to play in before." at least half of them, I don't think the NBA has pulled to go tell an entire country in Canada to change its COVID rules to allow Kyrie Irving to come up to Toronto to play in games if this ends up sticking and they are in the play-in tournament. It just feels like they'd be doing all of this truly for one player who has you know, thrown his hands up the entire time and said, I realize this is what you want me to do and I'm not going to do it. I am not going to budge. And in the end, he would win. And I don't know if that's like a, a leverage play that the NBA wants to lose. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. According to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. And if you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Listen to the Michael K. show on 98.7 ESPN in New York yesterday, and Michael was uh, speaking about this whole situation and said that he had spoken to people that were very high up in the Yankee organization and in baseball that really felt like this was not going to be a concern once the season uh, was going to start. That's April 7th. It's hard to imagine. Two weeks. Yes. All of a sudden, going to just flip the script in two weeks. That's the problem for me. It's hard to imagine that as vociferous as the mayor has been about not changing it, that all of a sudden it's going to change in two weeks in time for the NBA playoffs and in time for the start of the baseball season. When you had 1,400 people, as you pointed out earlier, that lost their jobs because of this. And you know the mayor's going to try – what he said was that there's, you know, 8.8 – million New Yorkers, right? Like, or New York City that he has to worry about here and trying to protect them, trying to keep them safe. And you're going to have 30 million differing opinions on this. You're not going to please everybody, and I get that, but I just think that the outrage would be so much greater after people who have minimum wage jobs ended up losing their jobs 
because for those who didn't chose not to get vaccinated, and that is a personal choice, I'm not saying anything about that, but there will be an outrage for multi-million dollar athletes if they end up getting a pass here and the rest of the city is like still, for the private sector, still abiding by these rules. It's a bad look to provide some sort of you know advantage to sports teams I, I over th- the general public. And I think at this point, he has dug his heels into the ground, and I give him credit for a guy that just took over that job, but um, as much as we continue to go back to the notion that the entire rule is stupid right now, you can also go back to the same notion that this is easily fixable for Kyrie, and it's easily fixable for any members of the baseball teams that may not be playing. If you go get the shot, this is all over with. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Up next, Zion Williamson is actually on tape working out at basketball. But has he played his last days in New Orleans already? It's Chris and Courtney on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Breaking news during the break. Oh, we got to get to this. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio. In 15 seconds, we've got it for you. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Courtney, how about this? Just coming in, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network and now Adam Schefter on this story. Ian Rappaport's part of the story. The Chiefs have made an offer to superstar Tyreek Hill that would make him one of the highest paid receivers in the league, but extension talks have stalled and Kansas City has now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade. Now, on top of that, from Adam Schefter, just in the last few minutes, the Jets and Dolphins are in serious talks to trade for the Chiefs' 
Tyreek Hill. They are mulling what to do, but Hill's time in Kansas City looks like it could be coming to an end. Wow. So do we start with the Chiefs here? Because I was looking at their wide receiver depth chart for the 2022 season. Yes, they just acquired Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year deal. Um, There are about six names here, Chris. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. I have absolutely no idea who half these people are. Byron Pringle's gone. Byron Pringle's gone. He's with the Chicago Bears. McCole Hardman's gone, too. Um, I don't know who Darius Fountain is. I know who Josh Gordon is. I don't know if he'll play. Um, Gary Dieter? Justin Watson, it sounds something if you know any of these names. Um, Mm -hmm. Omar Bayless, I actually know him because I covered him when he was a recruit in Mississippi. He went to Arkansas State. I know him. Um, That's why you know him. Yeah, that's why I know him. Because you worked in Mississippi. He went to Laurel High School. He was an absolute (laughs) star and star basketball player, too, if I might add. Um, Cornell Powell, Chris Fink, Matthew Sexton. Who are 12 people who have never been in my kitchen, Um, honestly. Goodness, this is a lot. Like, uh, and if they lose Tyreek Hill, which Adam Schefter's report was making it sound like this is kind of nearing the end here, and that he's either going to the Jets or the Dolphins, do we still? Would you and I, if we have our AFC rankings and we got to redo them today, if a deal is finalized and Tyreek Hill goes somewhere else, would you have the Chiefs as your number two team? I don't know if no. I would. No, I, I wouldn't. I would. I'd slide him down and. They might not be. In my, would they be in my top five? I don't well, know. Well, considering we had nine like, teams that we were discussing yesterday yes. for top five possibilities, I would have to say no, and it would be close, but no. But Courtney, from a Jet perspective, imagine that for a second. That completely changes the dynamic, and the Jets more than have the artillery, so to speak, to get this kind of a trade done uh, with all of the draft picks. They have got four draft picks in the top 48 this year, thanks to the Sam Darnold trade for the second-round pick and the Jamal Adams trade. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, would you take a one and a two from the Jets this year? Would that be enough for Tyreek Hill? Oh, he is your offense. I mean, of course, Patrick Mahomes, but he is such a dynamic playmaker. He has speed that no one else in the NFL has, and he's been so productive for them season in and season out. Like He makes every other piece of that passing game up the ante. So a first and a second, that seems fair for a receiver. What if the Chiefs like, are asking for the for the fourth and the tenth pick? From the Jets. Oh, for two first-rounders? Two first-rounders in the top ten. Well, what did they do? The Packers just got a first and a second for Devontae Adams, who is now the highest-paid receiver in So football. that would be too much to ask so for. So that's... I mean, yeah, from the Jets, the fourth and the ten. Yes, yes, it's too much. But a first and a second? I would do that, that in sounds, a minute if I were the Jets. And I'm looking at the Jets roster right now at receiver Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, at least names that I know, um, unlike the Chiefs roster and their depth chart. But that's, that this could be, they th- could be a sneaky good team just coming out of free agency with all the moves that they have made so far. And they added C.J. Azama. Yeah. I mean, they have a tight end, so yeah. they're set. And, uh, I mean, honestly – they love Elijah Moore. They think he's going to be a star. You brought back barriers. Those are two good slot receivers. I mean, Corey Davis was hurt a lot last year, didn't do much in that first year. The Jets have about $18 million in cap room right now. They can absolutely make a new contract work. Um, they're going to need $14 million or so for the draft, at least, 14 or 15 But you're drafting a wide receiver 
on one of those two picks in the top 10 anyway. You you absolutely are if you're the Jets. If you're not trading back and trying to get more picks. Yeah. I would trade the fourth pick and a second round pick to get Tyreek Hill. He's that dynamic of a player and still Look, I know we have seen in the league before Courtney where you can overpay for wide receivers. In this case, it doesn't feel like you'd be doing that. Because he would be the best name. And again, it's like these guys are not free agents. Like we keep talking about free agency. He's not set to become a free agent until after the 2022 season. But somehow like free agency has just become trade season, has it not? Yeah. Like it's crazy. But um, Mel Kuyper Jr., I was to your point about the number four pick right now that the Jets currently have. They, he has him taking Drake London, who's the receiver from USC. That's the top receiver off the board this year. And he had a really good season last year through eight games before he had a broken right ankle that ended his season prematurely. So even somebody who's coming off of an ankle injury, if this guy is apparently that good where he's injured and probably still going through the rehab process and now – it's still the fourth overall pick as projected in this draft that, you know, another team is going to be chomping at the bit to get it. Maybe the Giants end up doing it. I know they need, have offensive line needs and many other needs at five. But, gosh, if you're five, six, seven, uh, eight, and there's two Giants picks in there, you'd be hard-pressed to pass up on a receiver that would it potentially is, become available is. if Tyreek Hill ends up going to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. But if I were the Jets, I wouldn't think twice about it. Fourth pick and one of the other two second-round picks, done. Done in an absolute heartbeat. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin uh, here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. We've got more on this. We're going to get your reaction to this as well at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jet fans, Dolphin fans. Dolphins are also the team that's, uh, according to Adam Schefter, very much involved in I would love to get into their free agency because even before the Teron Armstead move yesterday, I was thinking, Loki, the Dolphins have had a really good free agency. They made 19 moves, whether they were re-signing players or uh, players of their own or ending up getting players in free agency. If they land Tyreek Hill after getting Teron Armstead, that is a haul, and that is a job well done in Miami. This is just now from Adam Schefter on Twitter. Multiple teams were approached about a potential Tyreek Hill trade, but the Jets and Dolphins emerged in recent days as the two finalists per sources. Hill is now likely to wind up as a Jet or a Dolphin, two teams in the AFC East who are desperately trying to find ways to keep up with the Joneses. And as you said, the Dolphins have been just as active as well. This is a massive story that is taking over. We're going to get into some NBA as well shortly, but your reaction to this at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. From a Jet perspective, would you give up a first and a second to get Tyreek Hill? From a Dolphins perspective, how desperately are you trying to get him? And from a Chiefs perspective, why? I'm looking at James Steele, a Chiefs fan right now, who is just in disbelief. Unbelievable. That was not one we were expecting today. Greeny, the podcast. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Adam Schefter, within the last 15 minutes, reporting that Tyreek Hill is likely to get traded to either the Jets or the Dolphins. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny. Let's hit some calls on this. We'll start with David in Virginia up first on ESPN Radio. On Greeny, what's up, David? How are you? David. I've been a Dolphin fan since I was nine. I'm not making that up. So, obviously, I'd be excited as heck if we got Tyreek Hill. I think for two reasons. A phenomenal playmaker, maybe give us a little more hope. I haven't been that excited about a possible player in a while. The other thing is, think about this. If if Tua is going to be the quarterback and he can't throw to Tyree Kill, then we know he's not going to be the quarterback. So it's going to be a test. It's going to see if Tyree Kill improves us, which he will. It's going to be a test to see if Tua is a good enough quarterback to have a play playmaker and get the ball to I love it. I am looking at their depth chart right now and reminding myself how awesome a season Jalen Waddell had as a rookie last year and what role that played in helping this team turn around a terrible start in seeing the best part of the quarterback position that we saw last year. Will Fuller's probably not on this team because he's probably going to end up signing somewhere, I don't know, maybe to go play with Deshaun Watson again. So it's a perfect fit. Devontae Parker, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. You, it's Cedric Wilson? Anybody forget that he just signed with the Dolphins in free agency? Like They'd be stacked from the receiver position. Like This makes me excited looking at this. It is, it is crazy. And the other thing, too, here is um, there are some reports Connor Hughes from The Athletic is saying that the ball is kind of in Tyreek's court about where he wants to go because obviously wherever he goes, he's going to get an extension, but the Jets won't be outbid on the package that they could give. Here is Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, what's going on? You making this trade if you're the Jets? Yeah, you know, Chris, hey, hey, how you doing there, guys? Um, listen, you know, I haven't been the biggest Joe Douglas fan, uh, but if he pulled a move like this off, you know, that that could kind of sway things. I might have given, I might give the ten. I don't know if I'm giving the four, the ten, and the, and the second, but the second round pick. But there's two concerns though with it that that make you pause a little bit. You know, first of all is um, is he going to be patient with Zach Wilson? And then second, you know. You know, Andy Reid has been very egregious with, like, social stuff and everything going on. This guy's got social baggage. He does. He does. A, you know, and, and look, and, and Buddha, appreciate the call. They they have to be somewhat concerned by that. But at the same time, this has been a remarkable playmaker for the Chiefs the last few years. And if the Jets have a chance to get a player like this, 
you have to imagine they're going to do everything possible to try to land him. Reports out there that maybe the Chiefs are pushing hard to get two first-round picks for Tyreek Hill in a potential trade. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, if that happens, if they're trying to get two first-round picks and the Jets will not be outbid, the 4 and the 10 is too much, Courtney, to give up for Tyreek Hill. But considering, like I talked about earlier, the amount of draft capital they have this year, I would absolutely give up the four and a first-round pick next year for him. I wouldn't think twice. And I know what's being reported. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports is saying that the Kansas City Chiefs want at least two first-round picks for Tyreek Hill. And I just think that you have to bring the Devontae Adams trade back onto the front burner and ask yourselves, who is the better receiver here? Who is worth that type of draft capital? Like, are we expecting that the Kansas City Chiefs could get more than a first and a second for Tyreek Hill at this point of his career? I mean, the guy has been an unbelievable playmaker for the Kansas City offense and would be a monumental loss for them. Like, don't sugarcoat it. So this is, um, you know, this is going to be really interesting because I'm seeing a lot of Packers fans and Chiefs fans going at it on Twitter right now. It's about the Devontae Adams comparison, and I think it's a good one to make. We will get more of your calls on this in five minutes at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 to get your reaction on the possibility of Tyreek Hill ending up with either the Jets or the Dolphins and what that price tag looks like. First up, though, we're going to welcome in the Hoop Collective's Brian Windhorst to join us. Uh, Brian, how many first-round picks would LeBron give up to get Tyreek Hill on the Lakers, in your estimation? (laughs) Well, the Lakers uh, haven't done so good in recent trades, so I don't know. Maybe anything's on the table when you consider that. You know, let's just let's start here. What is your latest read on this situation? Because it, it, more and more by the day, it feels like it's headed for an inevitable divorce here. I don't know when that's when that could happen, but it, it doesn't seem to be a situation that's improving between the Lakers and LeBron. Not necessarily. I think LeBron is happy living in Los Angeles. Do I think LeBron is happy playing for the Lakers the way they're built right now? No. I think he's obviously frustrated that things have gone this way. Um, Also, they've traded away so many assets for Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook that their ability to sort of get out of this situation is going to be complicated. And when you look at some of the teams in the West that they're now eating the dust of, Seeing them as a championship contender in the next year is going to be hard. But look, we're going to get our referendum on this very cleanly and easily and quickly. In uh, in August, LeBron is eligible to extend his contract. And the Lakers will have the month of June and July to do their offseason moves, to try to find something for Russell Westbrook, to see if they can do something with uh, the first-round picks that they still have and some of the other players on their roster. And LeBron will be in position to judge the Lakers at that point. I have to assume the Lakers will offer him an extension. If he signs it, which I think is a good possibility, then this is a dead issue. If he doesn't sign it and he's playing next season on the last year of his contract, I would just tell you that that would be an indication that things could change. But before we get the Lakers offseason move and LeBron's decision on that extension, I'm not planning on him being anywhere than Los Angeles. Wendy, we were talking about this in our pre-show meeting, and Nuno brought up a really good point. Like, LeBron 
next year or soon, you know, will surpass Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. And it's going to be really intriguing to see how Lakers fans react to that considering where Kareem stands in their hearts as, you know, this beloved all-time great and how LeBron James is viewed by Lakers fans. How do you think that that's going to play out? Yeah, so, you know, LeBron (laughs) – He's, he brought a championship to the Lakers, but his relationship with Laker fans is a little bit fraught, you know? And while he's still beloved as one of the best players in the league, the Laker fans expect more from him. And they're disappointed in him and his role in Westbrook and some of the things that he has said this year. You know, when he surpassed Kobe Bryant a couple of days before Kobe's death in scoring, he got a polite clap at Staples Center. When he surpassed Michael Jordan in scoring, it was a huge moment for him. He, he went over to the bench and covered his face in a towel for two minutes during the game because of the moment the Lakers fans gave him a polite ovation. They, they're not invested in LeBron's long-term legacy. Uh, now, with Kobe, Kobe's up there shooting 60 times, and the Lakers fans are hanging on every basket because they're in love with Kobe. They were in love with him, his legacy. The Lakers are divorced from that. The Lakers fans just aren't invested in that. So, you know, it's good. You know, we saw the way the league treated Steph Curry's chase and then acquisition of the three-point record. But with all due respect, Kareem's scoring record is magnitude higher than the three-point makes record. I mean, this is a record that has stood for LeBron's entire lifetime. Okay, and so for LeBron to to chase and get that record next year is a major event in NBA history. But if the Lakers are three games under 500 next January, when he's about, you know, January, February, when he could get it, I'm not so sure we're going to see the celebration that we saw. And look, that's a tax that LeBron has to pay for his decision to move around franchise in his in his career. Last one for me, the Hoop Collective's uh, Brian Windhorst with this breaking news around Tyreek Hill. But, uh, Brian, the Nets feeling that it seems inevitable at this point they may have to try to get through the play-in without Kyrie Irving if they're playing up north in Toronto and then playing at home, do they fully believe that they will get through the playoffs at that or get through the play-in at that point? Is the belief around the league they're good enough to? Yeah, because they'd have to lose two games to not get into the seven or eight seed. You have to lose the, the seven, eight, and then you have to lose, you know, the next one. And with, the, with with Kevin Durant on your team and knowing that you get the, at least the second game at home, even without Kyrie, I'm giving them a one win in those two games. The real interesting thing is for a team like Miami in the one or maybe Milwaukee in the two, that they work that hard to get to those seeds and then end up having to play Kevin Durant in the first round and all their, all their home games against uh, Kyrie Irving. That makes having the one or two seed one of the most difficult situations we've seen in recent NBA history. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks very much for the time and insight, as always. Take care. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host the Sixers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin. We are in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're just joining us, the latest news that has just come out within the last 20 minutes or so, the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins are in serious trade discussions with the Kansas City Chiefs about wide receiver Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs and Hill have apparently hit 
an impasse on a potential uh, long-term extension. So the Chiefs have been talking to the Jets and Dolphins. They are the finalists. And Adam Schefter reporting uh, within the last few minutes that he will likely at this point end up either in Miami or with the Jets. Um, There have been different thoughts coming out about what packages could look like here. The Chiefs reportedly want two first-round picks. What is Hill worth? Let's get to your reaction at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Courtney, we'll start with Andrew in New York City up next on ESPN Radio. Andrew, what's up? What are you giving up for Tyreek Hill if you're the Jets? Listen, so I really don't have a problem with the one this year and the one next year. Dave and Rick were talking about Wilson will have to be great with a great defense in order to surpass all these quarterbacks in the AFC right now. But I think if he's great with the Tyreek Hill, then that will help him get past anybody, really, especially if they have a decent decent defense. Well, I think the thing you would say at that point is, look, with the offensive weapons that Zach Wilson would have, Courtney, if you can't make it work with that group, you can't make it work. It'd be a lot of pressure in year two, but – not pressure that would be remotely unjustified. Yeah, and this is exactly what they should be doing for a second-year quarterback, giving him literally everything he needs to succeed from an offensive standpoint in weapons to throw to, people in the backfield to hand the ball off to, like the whole gamut, having a good offensive line. They're following the right structure here, and I think for Joe Douglas, too, because you tell me, Chris. I don't know if he's on borrowed time or like how long his leash is still with the New York Jets after he got there, you know, three seasons ago now in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got to get it right, too. So why not take these swing for the fences type moves that could help you keep your job and also help your second year, soon to be second year quarterback elevate his game and so you can know whether he's the right pick for you? Otherwise, you're going to be looking for a quarterback next season. Well, Joe Douglas. Turned the job down a couple of times before he took it and got a six-year contract because he knew what it was going to take to try to rebuild this. So having said all of that, this is the year where they have to take a major step forward. Yeah, because they spent a lot of money. Yes. They spent draft capital, and eventually that has to translate into being a better team. And this is the opportunity to show everybody that you were all in when a big-time player becomes available. It's really hard to imagine um, that they're going to be outbid on this. If it truly is up, it worries me that if it truly is up to Tyreek Hill at this point, if the Chiefs will send him to the place where he wants to go, if the packages are similar, I just don't know how the Dolphins would potentially compete with the Jets, considering what the Jets have to trade. The Dolphins have the 29th pick in the draft this year, and they only have that uh, because they traded away their original a first-round pick to the Eagles uh, this past year. So if you're the Dolphins right now, you have to be overloading. And I wonder if the Dolphin package has to include Jalen Waddle if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. You'd be willing to put him I didn't say I'd be there? willing to. I oh, didn't say I'd be willing to. But is- I'm saying if the Dolphins are trying to make that deal to even up with what the Jets yeah. can offer, it may have to include Jalen Waddle. Because right now, Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one wide receiver in a Kansas City offense. And, like, while he had a good early part of his career, yes, he's coming off injury, he's not a number one. He's much better served as a complementary piece in the offense. Like, the thing that makes it so interesting to me, Tom Palacero of NFL Network is reporting that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to Kansas City today for a visit. 
Could well, that that'll make everything better. I mean, yeah. To- <laughs> if you want a deep threat, yep, it sure does. 18.4 <laughs> yards per catch. He's yep. averaged over the last three seasons, most in the NFL. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to fix the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So they can do these other things and get some free agent signings. But that's why the Jets have the most attractive package. Because like we were talking about before, Mel Kuyper, currently at four, has the Jets taking Drake London, who he considers the top receiver in the NFL draft, in spite of him having an ankle injury last year that ended his season prematurely. If the Chiefs go to four, they can take him there. I mean, unless there's somebody else they really like and want to take uh, with the top top four pick. But I just cannot see it getting done this year with two firsts in this year's draft. Like one of our last callers who had said this year and maybe next year, I think that that, I mean, if you're looking at it from like a long-term perspective and where Tyreek Hill is at this point of his career and what you need to do to help Zach Wilson out, that might be the best long-term play for them. Here's Jacques in New York. Jacques, what's up? What's your take on Tyreek Hill, possibly to the Jets or Dolphins? Uh, Chris, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm, I'm a little I'm weary about this thing because um, I'm a longtime Knicks fan as well as a Jets fan. And um, the Knicks get used every every year for leverage in regards to, oh, um, you know, maybe I'm going to the Knicks or New York, and then, you know, um, it, it never happens in regards to these superstars coming through. So it could be leverage because the the Chiefs were just in contract talks um, with with with, with, the, with with Hill. So who knows about that? But um, another way I'm looking at it also is that. Um, the options um, are, are, are pretty simple to me in regards to the Jets and the Dolphins if Tyreek Hill had to choose. Because, I mean, between Zach Wilson, who's comparable to Pat Mahomes, and um, 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 Tua, it's kind of like I don't think it's, it's much of an option in regards well, to Well, listen, Jack, I get that. But let's not put Zach Wilson comparable to Mahomes quite yet. The argument is do you think that Wilson is going to be better than Tua and if you're Tyreek Hill, this is your second contract extension at age 28. This is going to be the really the last big one. one. Yeah, Probably this, the last one. This is the big one. Uh, do you want to play the rest of your days in Miami, or do you want to play for the Jets? Uh, considering what the Jets' history is, you have to wonder where that would factor into his thinking. I mean, they've they've tried to bring in big-time receivers before, and it hasn't necessarily worked out when they – you know, brought in Santonio Holmes years ago. Guys like that. I tell you, I don't think you can waste any time. You have to throw everything at this if you can. Does does everything in that point at that point include Elijah Moore? If you're on the Jets side, yeah, because they they've dedicated right now. It's twenty one point one. $24.1 million of their salary cap towards the receiver position. And, and that's not like a huge, huge, huge amount. I mean, you, of course, you'd like to probably see, you know, more of that, you know, spread out among different players because D- Corey Davis is taking up a big portion of that cap. And I wonder how they can structure this where Tyreek Hill doesn't become, have this like albatross type contract that would prevent them from doing anything else. But I think you'd probably have to give up a player in return. If you were asking for, Let's just let's just call it what what apparently is being reported: two first round picks, one this year, one next year, and one of your like mid tier receivers, whether it's Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore, but probably leading towards Elijah Moore for somebody who can come in and you know actually be part of that Kansas City offense right away. Let's hit uh, the. By the way, the Dolphins do have two first round picks next year. 
That's also something that to consider. That come from the, was that, where did that come from? 49ers. 49ers. Okay, yep. oh, for last year for yep. obviously the the move that they did to get Trey Lance. Yep. Yep. Something to keep an eye on there. How about Mike in Florida next on ESPN Radio? Mike, what's up? Hey guys, if I'm the Jets, from their perspective, Joe Douglas has to get this done because we just don't do anything. We're a laughing stock every year, and uh, I'm, I'm frustrated with it. So if you get Tyreek Hill in there, I mean, that changes everything for the Jets. I mean, that puts them in the conversation as being exciting for once and can make a splash and maybe a wild card run. Look, that you do all of a sudden start to change the Jets' thoughts. Are they on the level with those top five teams? Not quite yet because we have no idea what the quarterback is yet, Courtney. But are they a lot closer with Tyreek Hill and all of a sudden making a big move in the AFC to try to keep up with the Joneses? Yeah, yeah, it's a massive move. And we see in that division, too, that, like, they see a window, right? Yep. Like, they see their window right now where, of course, like, Buffalo is, you know, the end-all, be-all, but... Um, and the road will always, for at least till Josh Allen doesn't play there anymore, is going to go through Buffalo. But I see, I think that they're looking at this saying, this is our chance to actually contend in this division. Oh, and this just, uh, let's see. That came back on March 12th from Tyreek Hill. We came a long way. Thank you, Chiefs Kingdom. I'm forever indebted. How did no. we miss this? Uh, it's a great question. When was the 12th? That was the start of free agency. No, free agency was last Wednesday, so this would have been over the weekend? Yeah, this would have been over that weekend. weekend. news dump from Tyreek Hill two weeks ago? An 8 p.m. weekend news dump from Tyreek Hill. That's when that uh, tweet came from Hill. He didn't specifically say, I'm gone. We've come a long way. But... That was a Saturday, so, you know, 8 o'clock on a Saturday, you never know. Yeah, look. Sometimes you're in your feelings. It, it uh, apparently it is only the Jets or Dolphins at this point, according to Adam Schefter, where Tyreek Hill is going to end up. So you want to make sure you keep it locked in right here on ESPN Radio all day long because all of the uh, all of the uh, signs are pointing to this getting wrapped up in relatively short order, potentially by the end of the day. Major NFL news: Tyreek Hill potentially on the move. Chris and Courtney on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.